to Prosper Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Maria Blevin, and we search the world for people that we can talk to that are going to help us with our transition, either being from the military or transition from an employment situation, transition that we're finished with high school or college and now we're in an employment situation. Whatever the situation happens to be, we search all places that we know to search for folks. And today, We have Michael Olmstead, who has been a mentor for several years to veterans that are in the entrepreneurship arena and for those that are just transitioning and need some help. So stay tuned because he's got some words of wisdom. Today in our studio, we are privileged to have Michael Olmstead. Michael, say hi. Good afternoon. Anna Maria. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for taking some time to talk with me, and our audience is going to be eavesdropping as we're conversing. Okay. We were just talking about all of our brothers and sisters, uh, warriors and veterans, that find themselves in a situation that maybe, you know, it's like fail to plan, plan to fail kind of a deal. Sure. But I'm going to clue everyone in as to who I'm talking to. Michael Olmstead is a veteran himself. And for the last 30 some odd years, he has been mentoring the business startups, right? And the organization that is getting going, that are being run and owned by veterans. And so you have a heart, your heart beats for veterans to make sure that they prosper as they are starting another chapter in their lives, right? That's true. That's true. I guess for clarification, you know, after the military, I spent 30 some years in corporate. And during that ah. during that time, I hired military, as long as they were qualified, right? I didn't you don't hire a veteran for because they're a veteran? You hire them because they can do a job for you. But I always looked to military first before I looked somewhere else. But at the end of my corporate life, then I had actually worked. You know, let's just say I made it my why when I left to help veterans. And a lot of it was to help veterans not do or to do better than I did. You know, I spent a year on a grant with Black Hawk Technical College as a veterans resource rep. And then I've just been working with veterans. You know, I get I get veterans referred to me when they want to do entrepreneurship. I get veterans re- referred to me when they don't know what they're doing. And again, I allude back to your point is, again, the plan. And I can go on and on, so you better stop me. Um. <laughs> no, I really want to emphasize the the planning. You know, it should be like six months from ETS, right? Well, you know, I it, this is funny. I just read a, a note on LinkedIn, and one of the questions was, when should someone start planning? And no disrespect to and a lot of these people that are answering our military veterans like us, our, our fellow military alum, but some of their answers are ridiculous. Well, they should plan that before they even start. Well, if I had a plan, if I knew what I was going to do before I joined the military, I wouldn't have joined the military. Uh, you know, I joined the military because I had no clue, and I, I knew I wasn't going to go to college right out of there, you know, subsequently I have. But I like to think six months, 12 months prior to leaving, and it all depends on your situation. My last unit, I was in the electronic proving grounds at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, 
I could plan. If I'd have been in the same unit, my first unit, which was the 4th Infantry Division, there's no way. We were gone. We were busy. We were downrange. We were, you know, the idea of that, I think, it takes thought. But, I, but back to your point, yes, absolutely. Veterans need a plan. People need a plan. Maybe we shouldn't just, you know, allude everything is to the, our, our fellow vets. But absolutely, you know, in the plan, I think that's what gets people a little crazy. Well, what's the plan? And I've, I've shown this to people, whether they're actually, even my son, who just ignored me, is a plan is a piece of white paper with a line up to the right. That's my opinion, anyway. And you put up there a goal. Where do you want to be? What's your nirvana? And now you reverse engineer it. You know where you're at today. What do I need to do to get to you know, point B, point C? I don't think there's an exact date you need to start planning. It all depends on the person. So when is it too late? <laughs> well, it's never too late. You know, it's never too, I mean, yes, you, you know, you have more difficulty, right? You, you now run into, you're always feeling like you're behind, right? If you wait too long, then you're waiting, you know, again, you're waiting too long. It's, I'll give you an example. I'm working with, uh, I'm really not working with him. I got referred to a young man. Actually, he's probably 30-something. Been out of the Army, you know, 10, 11 years. He feels lost. It's not his career. It was some of his VA healthcare stuff. What do I do next? So we sat down and I, basically we walked through where he was, what he needed to do, but it's that hesitation. You're worried that you're gonna make the wrong step, which holds you back from planning and from holding you back from action. And I actually had three phone calls with him because all I was trying to do was get him to set up an appointment with his local county veteran office, who I personally know, and I know that person's going to take care of him. Finally did. And, and it was like a big relief for him. So that's one thing. One is, you know, what do you do to plan? Do you, you, pick, you pick a point and understand that it's going to change. You know, all your goals. What, well, I want to be this, I want to be that, and I want to be this. Well, yes. <laughs> You know, you could. I worked with an Air Force vet, Air Force active duty Air Forceman in Korea a few years ago. Huge advantage, right? He had a TAPS program that was remarkable, but still came to me. I think it was through either through the Veterans Mentor Network on LinkedIn or ACP. But what he didn't have were connections. So I made a few connections with some of the recruiters I used when I was hiring people. He was hired by Raytheon Corporation within three weeks of him leaving the military. Again, situations are always different, right? He was an IT geek. He worked on his certifications before he left the Air Force. And when he got there, he was in there, I don't know if it was a cyber team of some sort. Did a great job. That's awesome. That is awesome. I love hearing news like that. But you know this, connections is big. Networking is big. We veterans don't really like to network because that means we have to get out, <laughs> right? And we have to go meet people that aren't like us. And we've always heard that, right? Well, you know, those civilians, oh, yeah. those darn civilians. But 
something to keep in mind, right, and you've heard this, is what is it, 3% or whatever, X percent of people in the United States are have only served. I try to tell people to think of it differently. That means 97% of the people you're going to run into haven't served. And don't know our lingo. And don't, and don't know, know, know lingo, our jargon. Don't know our jargon, you know. So there's a lot to that. I think any young man or woman coming out of the military, the biggest, the best thing they could do is find a couple mentors or even a couple just people to talk to. Wow, that spawns an idea. <laughs> you know how when you join the military, when you join a unit yeah, and we have the sponsorship program? You might have been your day. Yeah, we, we got a buddy. Yeah, back in the back. Oh, in you had a buddy. We yeah. had a sponsorship program. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and some of the units I was actually in charge of the sponsorship program. But you get where I'm going with this, right? Oh, yeah, sure. When someone gets out, they should have a sponsor. Yes, and in certain parts of the country, I, I talked to someone up in I think it's Brown County near Green Bay. The county veteran office up there tries to provide anyone that comes into their office with a buddy. That's awesome. You know, because it sort of falls into if you're looking for work or if you, what are you trying to do? You know, at one time when I was looking for work, people that I was with, you know, doing the same thing, we built an accountability group. And that's really sort of what you need too. I mean, and it's not always, if you're married, your spouse may or may not be the best person um, because that can just cause issues, but people to hold you accountable to some of the things you're, you you want to do, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, in today's world of COVID, it's very difficult to me- to network. It really is, right? It's not as not as easy. You know, I've always recommended to people that are looking. You know, I'll, I'll see a note that says, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm leaving the military. I'm gonna be in. I'm moving to whatever San Antonio, Texas." You know, Mike. One of the things I I mentioned to him, I said, "Find a group." Find a group first, you know, that you're sim- you're you're familiar with or similar to, which might be military. Number one, number two, whatever vocation or what do you want to do, maybe join an association that that uh, you know works with you. My background is technical service and field service. I've always belonged to that kind of association. Because it makes it easier when you walk in and talk to people, you can talk about very similar subjects. You know what? The warriors leaving the service. Some of them got a clue. Most of them don't. Yeah, I think I think part of it, depending on how long they've been in, right? What what exposure they've had. You know, younger. Let's let's call it E sixth and below. You know, they were maybe they've been in six years. Maybe they've been in ten years unlike officers who seem to have more opportunity for networking, senior enlisted that have more networking uh, exposure. I spent almost seven years active. When I left, I really didn't have a plan. I got out in May and I started summer school in June. And by December, I knew I couldn't do that anymore. (laughs) College, that way. I just couldn't do it. Right. Uh, You know, and I went to it. A very technical school and that's how I made it out of there and I think that's part of it too also it's the freedom when you leave you, you, you're not used to that I, maybe the word freedom isn't right but you're not used to that wow 
you know. Uh, my joke is, what do I wear? Because, <laughs> right, in the Army, you know, I always say, well, today, today I shall wear green. What do I wear? And then, well, tomorrow, wow. and, you know, and then tomorrow I shall wear green, right? Oh, yeah. Once in a while you throw in some khakis. So, but it, it, as funny as that is, it's also true, right? It's, you're not used to that. There's things that you're not used to because we, it was just provided for us and we took it for granted. But I think back for people that are transitioning, and I'll give you another example is the one with the VA, uh, another one, uh, and this is sort of a funny story. I was in Las Vegas for Veterans Day, and we, we my brother-in-law is an Air Force, or a Navy veteran. We went out, we go out to the parade, just to watch the parade. That's, that's our excuse. We were standing there, you know, and the young man, and we were talking, and he goes, oh, you come out to this? I say, yep. You know, and I was wearing probably something that said Army. He just gotten out of the Air Force, just got his DD-214. Started talking about hiring someone to help him with his disability rating. And I'm like, why would you do that? Well, you know, I want to make sure. I said, have you even gone in to see your county or representative yet? Well, no. Okay. I said, you know, and just by chance in the parade is the DAV van. Here's the Disabled American Veterans van. I said... If you don't get satisfaction there, you call them. So there's that information they don't get. They don't get, when they, in, again, we didn't have a TAPS program in 1980 when I left the Army, okay? They didn't have that. I, I call it, they had a see ya plan. <laughs> they went, see ya, um, uh, and you know, and you left. But if the TAPS program at least talk, give them a nice little, and maybe they do and I just don't know it, a check sheet. What do you do the first week you get home? Number one, you go register your DD-214. Number two, you go to the VA, you put in for VA benefits from a financial perspective. I always tell people, don't worry about the medical side, but from a financial perspective, you want to put in for your VA healthcare. And why? Because once you reach a certain salary, unless you're qualified in a different way, you can't get VA healthcare. Right. So, you know, again, think of this, I guess I call it being a bit selfish, be, be selfish for yourself right up front to make sure, set those things, get my VA health care, okay, if I do have any service-connected stuff, go in and make sure I put in for the, you know, the service-connected uh, injuries, etc. But that's that step, right? There's a step. And somewhere along in that place, right, is what do I want to be when I grow up? I always wanted to be a forest ranger, I never was. Um, I found out later they didn't make enough money, so I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what is it that drives me? And that's the piece, the piece that has to be answered, right? What is it that drives me? What do I like? You know, when I left the military, I was in research and development for communication. Not sure if I liked it, but it built a career for me outside. I went in and went, got an electronic certification and did that. And then moved up in management and into leadership. And that, that's sort of what you got to look at. What is it that I really would like to do? And it goes back to your plan. Those are the things that you have to decide probably a year before you leave. And I say a year because that was about the time I found out that I wasn't staying. When they came down on orders to go back to Germany and they said, well, you either have to extend to go back to Germany or you have to leave. So they made me make a decision at that point. 
So at some point, right, a decision has to be made. Right. And some people, maybe the decision's already there and they're gonna leave, they, uh, they know their ETS date, right, is July. Um, right. It's that at some point in there, right, they really do need to start reaching out. Maybe it is the Marine Corps League. Maybe it's the American Legion. Unfortunately, that's a bit of a hit or miss, you know, depending on what group is there. Right, but if the American Legion could redefine themselves, basically, because I saw an article not too long ago that the young warriors and, and veterans are just not paying attention to the American Legion or the VFW in the way that they were before. I mean, there's like, let's just face it, folks from from older generations that are more engaged with American Legion and for uh, VFW yeah, and if they want the young ones there, mm -hmm. they really got to give them a reason for being there. That's right. You, what's my ROI? Right. What's my what's my return on my investment to my time? Uh, I happen to be an American Legion member. You know, I happen to be American uh, Association of the Army a member. You know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm working with our local American Legion right now, and I ask that keep asking the question: Why does a young veteran want to be a member? What are we doing? that falls in line with that, you know? I mean, and I don't know disrespect, but selling poppies, that's nice. But what are we doing? Where's our LinkedIn training? Where's, you know, how, how are we helping those young men and women meet their goals? Right. Again, the, the world's changed. They should be the next, see the VSOs can do only so much. Right. They are more like a resource place, but if they're looking for mentorship, if they're looking for one-on-ones, I think they should be able to get that at the v, at the American Legion and VFW. And and I I think to your point, the American Legion, and I believe it. Again, I think I not to pick on Green Bay, but Green Bay has actually done some really nice things. I remember hearing this is they actually have the American Legion post within the technical college. Uh -huh. So if you really want to integrate or really want to address needs. You need to go, if you you want to go fishing for fish, you better go where they're at. Yeah. Not, don't don't just sit in your, in, in your shanty in your backyard wondering why you're not catching anything. Right. You know, you, you know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> go where the fish are. Yeah, go, I mean, and, and, and if that means, and I have brought this up quite a bit, I happen to work out almost every morning at the athletic club in Janesville. I've met. A dozen younger veterans. I've offered to pay for their membership into the American Legion, and their answer is no takers. Oh. Right? They go, well, what do we, what do you guys do? And I've brought that back to leadership and said, we need to, as you stated, it needs to be redefined. Yeah. You know what does it really the, does? You know, in the same way with the VFW and probably the Marine Corps League and the Navy League. Okay, so you know what, Michael, thank you so much for taking some time yeah. to be with us today. And the conversation that we just got started with redefining American Legion and VFW and allowing our veterans and warriors to have a place by which we can sponsor and mentor each other and hold each other accountable is awesome and i thank you very much for that opportunity to have this conversation and let's continue it offline okay sure anytime okay all right thank you michael thank you
listeners. Did you hear all those words of wisdom from Michael Olmsted? Such as things like be selfish for yourself. What is it that drives you? And I love the part where he said, <laughs> after military service, what do I wear? So that gives you a chance to think and plan for tomorrow. What happens next? Do you have a checklist? Do you know what you need to know to get set up for the rest of your life? So I sure hope you were paying attention to Michael Olmsted, who's been a mentor, continues to be a mentor, and really, really wants to help you build a life worth living. Thank you for paying attention to what Michael was talking about and what we were conversing on your path to prosper. Mm-hmm.